my neck has been cramping you okay? the entire time. You were like <laughs> rolling your neck this entire time. I was like, is she like trying to tell me that she's like wrap it no, up? No, my tight? neck is cramped this entire right side. As in like you can't move it? No, it's just... Ugh. My body is falling apart. Corporate <laughs> Lord, don't go into it, guys. Hydrate, guys. Hello and welcome to Unsolicited, the pop culture podcast with a philosophical twist, the one you definitely didn't ask for. We're your Sydney hosts, Jen Couvray and Prudence Wilkins-Wheat, and Hi. we're back with today's episode talking about the upcoming season of The Kardashians and Kim's move into the world of private equity. Let's see if we can go through the episode without me drawing the entire Kardashian family tree and Prudence going on a private equity rant. Sorry. But before we start, Prue, what are your recommendations this week? Actually, I feel like before... Before we start, we need a life update. We did have, what was it, like a month? Over a month. <laughs> Over a month off. But we haven't forgotten about the podcast. We just had, you know, many life events. Like Yes. Oh. <laughs> many life events. No, Genevieve directed The Law Review, which was very exciting. Yes. A directorial debut. Yes. A huge success. It if, was. If you missed it. I mean, you You lost. missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Prue had her exams. Yes. Um, today was my first day at my full-time job. Well done. So yeah, lots of change. A lot of yeah, a lot of change. <laughs> Every way. So um Every area of my life no. has shifted. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so my recommendation during this tough time I think it was a recommendation that we share you know yes yes is something you introduced me to yes Jane the Virgin Mm. yes this show came out almost (laughs) 10 years ago now and I watched it at the time and I was a big fan um but I just decided to re-watch it for like comfort a few weeks ago and Prudence just couldn't help herself also needed some comfort also needed some comfort also loving the love triangle so Jane the Virgin is about um, this young woman who lives in Miami called Jane Villanueva and she's accidentally artificially inseminated um, and is a virgin (laughs) (laughs) and it's about all of the the drama that ensues from that with her relationships and her family it's based on the style of a telenovela which is like a a high drama a high drama like really insane soap opera. like soap opera with like ridiculous plot twists like you're gonna have like twins and long lost siblings and amnesia and, and death and amnesia and all of that stuff yes so i watched one episode of jane the virgin a long time ago thought it was stupid as fuck and then i had a go at my boyfriend for saying that he'd watched it and i was like that's so silly how could you you know watch that show and then i just like didn't give it a chance the boy has a heart he has his taste taste. it's just so much fun because every episode i'll come back into the room after like cooking my my dinner and i'll be like jen what have i missed and like these (laughs) (laughs) this person is like suddenly it's like in two episodes like this person goes from like engaged to this man to like in love with another one it's and, crazy and it's insane yes. but it's really fun really high energy really good like comfort mm. um but also it has a good emotional center it does the other thing that i've been watching well, we both have been watching we're kind of confused about is house of dragons so this is out on binge it is the prequel to um game of thrones it's set like 172 years before the game of thrones universe kind of takes up and it follows house targaryen and how it kind of comes together i've only watched three episodes i think yeah i don't love it i also don't love it i don't love incest generally and here's the thing is if you've seen game of thrones you'll know that the those who perpetrate incest are aligned with like a sense of like immorality mm. or like taboo because it's pretty taboo whereas in this show it's just like everyone wants to fuck it, each other it's just it's like the norm and i know that that's like a targaryen thing and that's how they keep the bloodline pure but like can it not be sexy please like can <laughs> matt smith not be involved in incest please yes and that's the thing i found the character so boring like there's a lot of exposition a lot of focus on cinematography and just like pulling out random seats like where's the witty dialogue where's the great characters and it's because i think you have a smaller cast of characters it's all set in king's landing it just doesn't have as much drama drama and like politics and like 
different settings, different characters to keep you interested. Cleverness, yeah. Um, I don't but, you know, it. we'll see how it progresses. Mm. It's already been picked up for a second season. Yeah, and I, it's weird because I heard a lot of great reviews there, which is why I was confused. Um, lastly, mine's a guilty pleasure. I'm not going to speak too much on it. I have been watching the next season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> if you've seen it, shout out to you. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to explain it. You just have to know the Karate Kid origin story and then it's based on that and it's an anti-hero drama and I love an anti-hero. Anyways, I'm not talking about it. I'm embarrassed, <laughs> but I'm watching it. Moving on. Okay, so let's go on to our first segment, which is on my guilty pleasure, mm. the Kardashians. The new season of The Kardashians premieres on Hulu on the 22nd of September. So if you're in Australia, that's on Disney+. Plus. The first season premiered earlier this year in April and saw a move away from Keeping Up With The Kardashians, which was The Kardashians reality show on E! So yes, when we, <laughs> what we were talking about is in fact different. <laughs> the new trailer shows clips of Kim and Pete Davidson, Chloe's journey with surrogacy, Kylie's struggles post having her second child, who we still don't know the name of, and much, much more. So first, we're going to have a little recap, a little debrief on last season, which we watched every Friday together. Mm. And then we will talk about the upcoming season and what we're looking forward to. Side note, should we, you know, like have a weekly update I on th- the Kardashians? I think we have to. <laughs> um. So my first question to you is, you watched Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I didn't watch it. I mm-hmm. retrospectively watched it after watching Kardashians with yes. you. Do you think the two different, what are they called, series differ at all? I think the only difference is, like, the production value, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think they made a big thing about how, like, this show's, like, more slightly more documentary style. And, like, yes, maybe, like, there are some things where, like, you are aware of the cameraman or, like, they talk directly to camera um, and there's, like, drone footage and stuff like that. Um, Or, like, you see more of their personal lives because, like, they're more willing to show it. But... I don't think substantively it's different. I thought that because it was moving away from the old reality TV formula, there'd be less, like, boring side plot rubbish. But there still is. It's still such a reality show formula. Like, I really thought, and we said this, that Mm -hmm. it would be more like they would take cues from, like, vlogging and YouTube and, like, go into their lives, like, handheld camera style, like, this is what I'm doing, like, more intimate. But it really still felt performative, like, and staged. Like, they're going to this lunch where there's cameras, like, everyone kind of, is pretending like they're not aware of the cameras that are around them and they're having really staged conflict. I agree. Well, let's just go through really quickly <clears throat> rapid reactions. Rapid reactions. I'll say it, you react. Yes. The PDA with Travis Scott between him and Courtney. Okay, so like Travis Scott. <laughs> like Travis Barker. Oh, is it not Travis Scott? No, Travis Scott is Kylie's oh, guy. Um, they, for some reason, are like, quite like I think they're quite a good couple they're obviously obsessed with each other but they need to stop like they literally like inspected a house and then just started making out like in someone else's backyard and they're like people just don't understand us and I was like yuck and like making out with tongue in front of their children Mm -hmm. and then their children being like stop and then being like haha it's like it's not your friend like it's your (laughs) child you're in high school respect I wasn't even that bad in high school like that is particularly (laughs) bad um there's not all of the boyfriends in high school (laughs) the stupidity of the child drama where one of Courtney's children was not invited to the engagement party after Um, Travis proposed and then it was just like this really contrived drama what did you think of that initial reaction I thought it was kind of sad that her kids weren't invited like Mm. they are old enough but it's also like I don't know it didn't need to like be a conversation you had over three episodes and it's like one of those things where Courtney didn't need to get blamed for it like it was like that she was on the phone and her her daughter or her son I don't know who it was was like crying and getting all upset it's like the fam it was the family's fault and also the fact that they like conferenced about it at the party Mm. said suggested to me that they knew exactly what they were doing in not inviting these children yeah good way to ruin a party is to just conference throughout (laughs) it (laughs) and I I respect in that moment Kendall being like guys like can we not do this right now like at least she had some sense the next one was yeah i think we've commented on the dom philip side plot okay so like chris jenna and chloe kardashian are carrying this show they are like they are the only ones who are like obviously keen to be filmed at any time of day and they're just like walking around new york reminiscing it's like this is not what i'm here for it's so boring so much shit going on show it to me 
Um, do you think that the new season is better than the old one? I think it's interesting because, like, as they've gotten more famous, their lives have also just become more, like, fraught with drama. Yeah. So, like, it just is a consequence of, like, their lives being more interesting. Yeah, and they have more – they have higher stakes. Like, now it's more luxury and glamour rather than yeah. just, like, relatable, like, weird yeah. family. I did not need the entire season to be working up to and coming down from SNL. Oh my god, the SNL <laughs> overrepresentation was so annoying. It's, Just show me the episode and move on. I know, and it was also like she's not going to space. Like <laughs> it, it was like I'm going on SNL, and it was such a huge thing. She's, she's like, I'm down. not funny. It's like people do this every week, honey. Yeah, literally. <laughs> also, they did not give us enough Pete Davidson content all through the SNL section. I know. I, know. I do love she's the behind the scenes. All anyone wanted, and they baited us. Yeah, I really liked her monologue. I do. I did think that was clever. Mm. Um, it, it seems less clever to me now that I know that she like outsourced it to other comedy writers mm. but it was funny um the weird iv drip thing with kendall where she like got sick and then got an iv drip in her house yeah people do that, that celebrities was, do that that was fucking weird. or just rich people yeah they they like go out and then they're tired or they're hungover and they just like get an iv drip to to hydrate it's dystopic um yeah. moving on oh something you haven't written down what the cucumber Oh, yeah. I didn't know if that happened this season or if I just dreamed that. No, that was real. That was horrible. That was so stupid. (laughs) Do you think it was fake or real? I think it was real. I also think I don't think you would embarrass yourself, like, in that way. Also, I can see how her brain worked. Like, I can see what she was trying to do. She just, like, just didn't know to rotate a cucumber. (laughs) Just rotate it, honey. Um... I was interested in how nice Kanye was represented in the season. Like, yeah. he, was, he had this whole thing where he returned her sex tape to her. Mm. Like, after all these years, she finally had the hard drive. And it was, like, you know, him with his children. like Yeah, taking them to school. Yeah, after all this Pete Davidson behind-the-scenes stuff, it was really weird to see them actually have a really good relationship on camera. Well, I think it was nice because, like, Kim says all this stuff in the show where she was, like, no matter what's going on, I would never, like, express that to my children. Like, you never want to hear your kids, like, badmouth the, like, their parent, mm. which I really respect. As like, a child that, of divorce. Yeah, I, they have really, like, nice, like, family values, and I think that, like, they wanted to showcase that they, like, co-parent quite effectively, regardless of, like, all the insane stuff. Mm. But I did honestly want more of it. Like, mm. more of the stuff with, like, Kanye posting all that stuff about Pete. And, yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard because I think he is just, like, genuinely, like, unwell. So it's, like, you don't want to, like, make it yeah. fodder for TV. But, yeah. like, I don't know. It's your job. Yeah, this is the drama. <laughs> um, but it, I also found it really weird and toxic that she was just, like, cu- figuring out how to dress herself and stuff. And it's, like, all these shots of him, like, having dressed her yeah. in the past. I was, like, that is such a weird Well, dynamic. she was, like, his muse. And, like, she he's honestly a lot of the reason why she's, like, respected or, like, has come up so much in fashion. Mm. And, like, taken seriously in the fashion world is because, like, he was, like, a serious designer and yeah. he had, like, high fashion connections. Um, but I don't think it's, like, that relatable to be, like, I don't know what, what, like, my personal style is. I guess I'll just wear Balenciaga for an entire Literally year. Literally the whole year. Um, I, find, I found Kylie and Kendall incredibly uninteresting in this season. Like, they just were not present. They weren't even in it. I really loved Kendall as a person, as a character, and she was not present. Next, what the fuck is Chloe, Chloe's house? So the whole, there's like a big swaths dedicated to her like huge ass mansion that she just invested in. I don't particularly like it. I think it's too big, but. <laughs> I think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> then we have all the parties that the fucking Kardashians throw for their children. I don't know if this was mm. in the season, but I just like, I've seen it on Instagram once many times not to comment on it. They throw these huge parties for their children that they're going to forget. And they have like, big themes and it's so much waste and I don't know it just really bugs me when I watch it next we have is can Scott stop being a bitch boy (laughs) they spend so much time like coddling Scott like and his emotions like are you okay with the fact that Courtney's engaged just like it's not like up to him whether he's okay with it or not you know like you don't have to protect his feelings he's being such a little child so immature and they have to keep having meetings with him being like we love you and he was like do you and just acting so like i just feel like at this point yeah out. and being like you as my only family i don't have anyone else it's like that's like not, not good why enough. people love you like that's not a good enough reason it's so boring um the next one was i really liked the emotional episode about how she went into like the like the unfair legal system where like there's over incarceration of like black people in america and like deaths in custody and like yeah that's like more interesting like when kim does her like 
criminal justice reform stuff and when she like does something interesting with her life also we both low-key cried when she passed the baby bar <laughs> yeah I mean, it was a very beautiful moment like they handled it well um but, but i didn't like the moment when um chris was oh no this is the engagement thing yeah but chris was like get out of the car we're having a private oh meeting. my god yeah that was rude so what happened was they were in a car chris had just found out that travis was going to be proposed. proposed to um which one is it Courtney. Courtney and Chris is just like get out of the car get out of the car roll down the windows like she just told the driver to like everyone to get away from her and it was so rude it was rude anyways um I did enjoy the whiteboard that Kim Kardashian had in the anti-recidivism coalition meeting where she like had like Demi and Jake Gyllenhaal and Gwyneth Paltrow and it's like oh my god this, this is just your network I mean, like but also like that whole episode was about how she was like trying to like basically lobby people to like save a spread life. word on social media that like someone was about to be executed. And it's like, I know that you're studying law and you want to be like a criminal justice advocate, but you don't need to study law to do this, babe. Like just be a lobbyist. Literally. Leverage your network. You're so much better at that. Also, you can't piecemeal ad hoc save people's lives. Like fight the system, <laughs> Kim. My last four points. First one is I really liked Chloe's fashion this season. I thought it was cool. I thought it was refreshing. People have been commenting on it. I liked it. Next is rip the whole pregnancy thing. Oh, yeah, when Travis and um, Courtney were trying to have a baby this whole time. Yeah. It was so boring because I knew it was unsuccessful the whole time. Yeah, and it's really sad, um, like, that they haven't been successful having a child and that they stopped because, like, Courtney was having too many side effects from IVF. Mm. Sad. Corey. He's a weird character. <laughs> Corey um, is Chris Jenner's boyfriend, and he's just so funny. Like Chris is literally just like crying, or she's yelling, or she's like having a whole conversation, and Corey's just like, "Yeah, babe." <laughs> In the background, be adding nothing to the conversation. And my last point before we get on to what we're looking forward to is, I, I laughed at Tristan's shocked and scared reaction to when Kim showed um, Chloe the iPad, and she was obviously referring to like the Roblox making reference to her sex tape. But you could so tell that he thought he'd been caught in that moment and being like, oh my God, the article's just dropped about like my affairs and I enjoyed his reaction. Okay, and that's a great transition into what we're looking forward to. Yes, well, I think the main things that we hope are covered in the season is first Kim and Pete's relationship and then the fallout from Tristan's cheating scandal and bombshell that they are having another baby. Mm. So... Kim and Pete's breakup. What do we think? Did we see it coming? Did we like Kim and Pete? You know I love <laughs> Kim and Pete. I'm a huge Pete Davidson fan. I've been a Pete Davidson fan since he first appeared on SNL back in the day. Before he got with Ariana, I wasn't a fan of Ariana. Then he got with her and I was like, oh my God, now I like Ariana because I love Pete Davidson. And then obviously that went to shit and that was very sad. But then he rose from the ashes like a phoenix and then he started dating Kim Kardashian. And I thought it was adorable because I didn't see it coming. I liked that, you know, he was really funny and she was, like, really glamorous. And they were just, like, this weird like, match that no, no one ever saw coming. It was, like, a parallel universe moment. And I fucking loved it. Um, yeah. I knew that they were not right for each other. <laughs> um, and I think everyone did. And uh, I think Kim did. I was rooting. Yeah, them. but she's, like, this, like, amazing billionaire, like, classy like or even if you don't think she's classy she's very high powered like woman who like has an entirely cream house mm. and four children with Kanye West and like one time Pete did an interview in Good Morning America and there were like four bombs behind him I, like, that, I just don't see how that was going to like work out like he's he's so much younger than her he's not yet had kids um, well, he really wants he, he's a very uh, paternal man he's and really also he got like branded for her he got like five tattoos for her that is unhealthy attachment style if you ask me i mean of course i think it is textbook unhealthy attachment style which we know is obviously linked to his mental health issues yes but but also like you did it before pete you got like 10 tattoos for ariana and you covered all of them up like stop stop it i'm worried about the branding you can't necessarily cover that one up i but i do look forward to like seeing more what their dynamic was like yeah because there were a few clips of kim talking about him in the recent season and they were kind of boring because like i just wanted to watch them interact but she was saying stuff that was like kind of sad like she was (laughs) like it's so fun when we just like 
go and get ice cream or we run errands together or like he like went to a gas station and bought her like some snack that you can like only get at like shit petrol stations and was like <laughs> so moved by it and I was just like Kim has never been in a real relationship yeah she just wants a regular guy not like like a she's never run errands genius. with someone yeah like that's the stuff that's like <laughs> that's the romantic gesture she needs yeah just basic treatment that we deal with every single day <laughs> that we deal with <laughs> so the next one obviously is the big cheating scandal i'm really not across what the the dine the, the latest, up, latest updates on this have been so what do we know okay so the season ended with chloe having gotten back together with tristan trying to rebuild their relationship and then finding out that he had impregnated another woman mm-hmm. on his 30th birthday that um, she had thrown that after the party she threw for him wow um and she obviously he cheated on her in the past and she forgave him yes um twice oh and um uh, he didn't tell her that like this woman was literally expecting his child and his he was um contesting custody like sorry not custody he was contesting the paternity of the child but he had like submitted court documents like had a lawyer was engaged in legal proceedings had not told her about it obviously it became public turns out he was the father of the child like if you're gonna cheat just like use protection are you serious like layers of carelessness anyway he was the father of the child and then he said you know like oh it's like keen to co-parent like after he was like forced into it because he like contested and had a paternity test despicable so she finds all this out and little do we know that moment was a lot more charged than we thought because they had actually conceived a second child oh these people have two forgiving hearts i know the thing is all low self-esteem yeah i don't understand i guess that's what the answer is my my point is that i'm about to make is that i don't understand how such high in demand people who are so incredibly famous who could probably get anyone in the world routinely just stay persistent on toxic relationships like cut these people out move on i know i don't know why chloe hasn't cut him out yet like that is like too many times to be betrayed um and they she has such a vision of having like her whole family together yeah but like it's not worth it if that's like unstable or like he doesn't respect you i feel so bad for her because she's gone through so much i know so they have just had their second child. Oh, my God. Um, we don't know anything about it. I'm sure the details will all come out um, during the show. Um, yeah. In the final episode, I also There's also this whole thing about, like, wanting your kids to have the same father. Like, I guess that's easier with, like, co-parenting. But, like, I feel like the reason you want your kids to have a certain father is because, like, you're in love with that person and you want to have this family together. Like, it's not that great to just, like, have your kids all have the same dad, except for, like, stigma around, like, having kids from multiple fathers. Anyway, she obviously wanted to grow her family sooner than she was ready to meet a new man. So sad. Also, a tiny thing that I'm looking forward to, I hope they address the Kendall and Donovan almost breakup that happened. Donovan? Devin. Devin. <laughs> Devin. <laughs> Who the fuck is Donovan? <laughs> and um, like how they had like a break and then everyone was like, no, they weren't actually broken up. It's like mm. you were definitely taking oh, a break. Oh, also Courtney and Travis's wedding. Oh, yes. The tiny skirt. Really? Tiny dress. Yes. Really want to see like them partying in, in Italy. Yeah. You know? I mean, but it again, might as well be scenic. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will be beautiful. But again, I just don't give a fuck about them as a couple. I mean, they're so boring. Yeah, love's boring. Anyways, that's all Anyway, we have. so that's our little spiel on the Kardashians. Tune in for our weekly updates, updates and reviews on the show. Yeah. Um, so now moving on to our next section, which is on Kim's venture into private equity and just generally the Kardashian business empire. Mm-hmm. Recently, Kim Kardashian announced that she was partnering with Jay Sammons to found Sky Partners with 2Ks, a private equity firm investing in consumer and media companies alongside hospitality, luxury, digital, and e-commerce. They will be co-founders and managing partners, but Sammons will run daily operations. Chris Jenner is also a partner at the firm. This isn't Kim's first foray into business. She's recently, she's also the founder of the $2 billion businesses, Skims and KKW Beauty, and has also recently founded Skin. So let's talk about Kim's entrepreneurship and journey into business and what our thoughts are on it. 
So just a little background, just a little private equity for dummies. Just so you <laughs> not, guys, not dummies in my case. <laughs> just so you guys know, like a week ago when Kim announced this, I just get a message from Prudence that's what is private equity lol? <laughs> like it's some like niche, like I've never heard random of some, business. Some, yeah, I feel like I need to just clarify. I do not do a biz commerce degree. Well neither do I, but, but you know you're economically minded. I'm I just know what things are. <laughs> anyway, so private equity is basically an investment fund that buys and restructures companies. I'll break that down even more. Basically, private equity firms buy up enough of a company that they have a controlling stake in it so they invest in it to the extent that they can control it and then when they own the company they basically run it and they run it um like better so that it is more profitable and then you get a return on investment that's that's basically how it works so jay sammons was a former partner at carlisle group for 16 years carlisle group is a global like multinational investment firm which holds 376 billion dollars of assets um he is not unfamiliar with the realm of celebrity he was involved with um scooter braun who is justin bieber's manager and like a a really big like talent manager in LA. Um, he was involved in that whole scandal with purchasing Taylor Swift's back catalog, which led her to re-record all of her old music because uh, she no longer owned the copyright, and that was quite controversial. Um, so yeah, you can invest or buy anything. So basically, the Carlisle Group backed Scooter's three hundred million takeover of the old record company that uh, controls Taylor Swift's music. And so she made a lot of appeals to the Carlisle group and all the controversy happened with Scott Scooter Braun to basically be like, hey, let me have my music. Let me play the music that I want. And obviously they did not do that. And part of that led to a lot of controversy around the conversation in, about private equity that even went to Capitol Hill where like AOC was commenting on how much she dislikes private equity, people being called on to com- have conversations about it. And people like Matt Pincus, who's the founder of Sony, oh, Songs Music Publishing, which was sold in 2017, he was saying things like people in private equity look at music copyrights and think it's like real estate, but it's not. You're dealing with living, breathing artists. So this is this kind of conversation around corporate greed and private equity and dehumanization in private equity. Ultimately, I take my <laughs> private equity lessons from Pretty Woman, if you've ever seen that movie, <laughs> uh, the main character, the male protagonist in that works in private equity. And then through the conversations with Vivian, um, who is like the sex worker that he falls in love with, she convinces him that private equity isn't good because he's breaking up family businesses and it's really sad and he should just like build people up. And anyways, that's-, that's... <laughs> Just build people up. Just like don't buy their company. <laughs> that's the way I like to view my relationship with private equity. Uh, yeah. So also just for those who don't know, venture capital is functionally the same as private equity, but venture capital firms um, invest in like upcoming businesses and startups and stuff, whereas private equity firms tend to purchase established businesses, so it's less risky. So let's go into direct criticisms of the whole private equity scheme. My first one relates to the logo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most important the, part. I think essential first. Oh, uh, have you seen the logo? Mm. I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's so early two thousands, like car logo design. I look. It looks like I could have made it on Canva. What I don't understand is Kim putting like KK in all of her ventures or, or like a K like skin or skims or this is Sky Partners with two Ks. It's like, feels like it's not real. What do you mean? As in, it just feels like you're just like putting your name on everything. You just like have all your toys and like they all have the same. I just find it so interesting that like she has to keep this like brand with just like the letters of her name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I also think it's such a it's a dicey game playing with K's. I've always thought that. <laughs> um, I also think I remember looking at what does Sky stand for? S K K Y. Like is it, it doesn't stand for anything. It's just Sky. It has but, big acronym energy. Like, no, it's just Sky, but like with two K's because it's Kim Kardashian. That's ridiculous. That's why I think it's silly. <laughs> um, I also was confused about her like a move away from like she made her brand identity recently like. She's a law student. She wants to go into like law and maybe work with like, I don't know, NGOs, like little groups that deal with like prosecutorial, prosecute, like justice in the legal system. <laughs> I couldn't say prosecutorial justice or injustice. Um, but now she's like moving to private equity. It's like choose a lane. You can't but, do it all. But she is trying to do it all. Like she just has like so many ventures now, which, and also like the fact is like she's not going to run this company. Mm-hmm. 
Chris Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I also think this <clears throat> opened the floodgates, like I said, into conversations around private equity. So this has become very topical. Again, this like AOC went to um went, was talking about private equity private equity in relation to the Carlisle Group only recently, where she said things like private equity groups, predatory practices actively hurt millions of Americans. They leverage buyouts that have destroyed the lives of retail workers across the country, scrapping million plus jobs. Um, sometimes they're stripped of the severance and this goes back to private equity. So what she's referring to here is that fundamentally private equity is designed for short-term profit. It's about, it's not necessarily cared about the longevity of like, it's not, it's not designed to care about it. It's about what is the most profitable solution? Yeah, I don't think it's like short term as I just think it's like obviously these people don't care about the company because like it's not their company. They bought it. The whole point of private equity is that you're trying to make a business more profitable. It's the same with like management consulting. Like you just have external people come in and just like fire everyone in order to make it more profitable. Obviously, like that is like, you know, not very compassionate, but it is like I don't think the problem is with like private equity. It's just with like, finance <laughs> well it's like the nature but it's like that is the core of what private equity does and that's why it's been called stuff like vulture capital because but I, it goes in to pick off a lot of what is like the human part of it so it's about profit not people yeah but i don't think like when people talk about like the human part of business i don't think like business and successful business are that humane and like that's the problem with like any public list- listed company um as you will learn about in corporations law, i'm doing corporations <laughs> law, it's also- like they have an obligation a fiduciary obligation to their shareholders about making them profits. But when and I'm talking about corporations, no, I'm talking no, about private equity. No, it's no, different. No, it's but it is, it's not. It they own corporations. They take on those yeah, um, but we're talking fiduciary about obligations. The practice, not the end goal. We're not talking about how corporations have fiduciary duties. We're talking about the practice of um going into corporations, selling them out and trying to make profit off them, which is a different no, a different but I think it is being a board director on a, on a no, no. Or shareholder even. No, I know, but I'm just saying like those like those incentives are the same like the incentives to be profitable they might have different like there might be a degree to which like you are incentivized to like make a profit so like you might you know be more um hell-bent on like you know turning around this company and firing all of these workers if you've just bought it and you're trying to turn around the business for a return on your investment rather than being a director who like kind of cares about it because you founded it or something but like the incentives to like you know, care about profit over people's lives. That's like the heart of like business and capitalism. That's not just a problem with private equity. I think it's like a problem with business. Well, there we go. <laughs> Out of the mouth of babes. It is a problem with capitalism, folks. Um, but yeah, just to draw some quick examples of why I particularly dislike it. I think the one that AOC particularly talks about is the Toys R Us, which is when Toys R Us was bought out through private equity firms. And in doing so, they were saddled with an avoidable amount of debt. Like they did not need to have this debt. I think they could have bought it for 20%. They ended up bought it, buying it for a lot more. And the effect of that was that Toys R Us had to pay interest and it could not keep up with that and it ended up going bankrupt they closed 900 stores oh my in... god is that why there's no toys r us anymore there's no toys r us it was ruined through private equity um and they end up having to pay out 470 million to private equity investors like their interest as well as the amount of money that they paid in um and with that money a lot of employees do not end up getting payouts at all with that money they could have paid out fourteen thousand dollars of severance to every worker and they didn't and it cannibalized them and thirty thousand lives were destroyed um so there's a lot of examples like that um aoc also cites that private equity is behind five hundred thousand lost jobs in the last 10 years so you know I don't, you know, I think I think Jen said it correctly. Even though I have an pro- issue with private equity, it comes back to capitalism, but I won't go into it. <laughs> and I think as well, why I wanted to bring it up in relation to Kim is that I think it goes back into like this toxic girl boss feminism that I've narrative that I've been seeing around this, where everyone's like, yes, more women in business, like yes, Kim, like start your private equity firm. When I just feel like it's just so cringe when people act like that's a feminist thing to do, when in reality it's just a very small win to add a veneer to what is a greater greater oppression which is the workers whose lives will ultimately be destroyed by this moving on (laughs) um i was actually um asked recently whether anyone thought that kim was actually doing all of this and making all these moves so that she would one day launch her political campaign to run for office do you think she would do you think she should do you think she'll be successful um i don't think she would only because she's like actively really apolitical really like doesn't does she like Hillary express Clinton? views like 
yes, but she's she's really like tries to strike in the middle as much as possible. Like I listened to a podcast once where she was saying that she agrees with the Democrats like social policies, but she agrees with the Republicans on tax. Someone (laughs) note that down. (laughs) Obviously, um, which is she doesn't want to pay high taxes, but obviously she supports Hillary Clinton, but obviously like her husband was in support of Trump and she appealed to Trump for, um, you know, all her criminal um, reform stuff and, you know, was like, I will just work with anyone. And I think that's great if you're a lobbyist. Mm. (laughs) But if you're a politician, especially in America, you got to pick a side. Well, they, they, I feel like Americans really like that. They're like, oh, she's socially progressive but fiscally conservative. Put her up for office. Yeah, I also don't think she should. I also don't <laughs> think she should. Fuck celebrities in um, politics. And I think that she probably would not be successful unless it was like... I also think she would hate the job. I think it depends on the position. Like, she couldn't be in Congress. That's too much, like, legwork. It'd be too hard to become the governor just out of nowhere. She's yeah, obviously she not going to be the president. Or the mayor. Honestly, I feel like 10 years from now, we'll probably listen back to this and be like, wow, I can't believe Kim Kardashian's the president. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So if you don't know, the Kardashian started with Kim. She was a stylist for Paris Hilton. She obviously got famous through her sex tape with Ray J. Then uh, they had a boutique store in Calabasas. Mm-hmm. It was called Dash, mm-hmm. like Kim Kardashian's. Um, Mm -hmm. which I'm glad it ended. And during this time, around this time, they started keeping up with the Kardashians in 2007. Then obviously they had various little, she had these little side projects, like she was doing some acting roles in various TV shows. She was on Dancing with the Stars. Um, It was around this time that she started dating Kanye, so in 2012. Yeah, so Kris Jenner's business strategy is that they would not say no to anything and they will be paid for everything. Mm. So if Kim's opening a club, if she's like making an appearance, she's getting paid for that. If she's, you know, doing a small cameo in a TV show, she's getting paid for that. And um, she, they obviously started applying that to all of the siblings when they had the reality show. The reality show was inspired by like the Osbournes. Mm. Um, and she was like, oh, my family should do that and leverage the attention around the sex tape to start that um apparently at that time they they only offered it to kim being like hey kim do you want to do this series and she was like i'm boring on my own and Mm -hmm. so she was like i want to include my whole family in it because we're all very exciting yeah and what they did a lot in the start of their career was licensing deals so you would put your face on a perfume but you wouldn't get the profit of it you'd just be paid to be the face of it Mm -hmm. or you'd be in a commercial or like you would um yeah, campaign for things and you would sell your name. So there would be like a book or a clothing line that had to do with them. So you've written down here, there's like the Kardashian collection clothing line or mm. Kendall and Kylie had a clothing line and that's just licensing your name and you get some like fees from that. But that's different to them having their own businesses, which was kind of the next chapter. And that's how they've really like broken into this like complete other threshold of wealth. I think it's really clear in the early stages how fame hungry they are. Like it's really like throw anything at the wall and see what's sticks. Yeah, like the Kim Kardashian Hollywood app. Oh my god, did you have this? I app? did. Of course you did. <laughs> what was it like? I remember other people had it. It's like really funny how self-aware it is. Like the <laughs> point of the game is that you're trying to become famous. Oh my god, cringe. you're trying to like be photographed wearing a certain outfit or be seen hooking up with this guy or like go to this club event and uh I did play it it was fun I was a teenager the kimojis I remember thinking that was so cringe it's like these little emojis of Kim that's still around and I still hate it yeah like her book of selfies called selfish which is also completely ridiculous like that's not a good thing and it's also so self-aware again but again it pivots from being aware of its self-awareness yeah Kendall and Kylie had a book ghost written like it was te- it was by them in quotation marks mm. like cringe cringe but i also think the selfie thing is the most significant thing that i think really launched kim because i remember that was what she invented like she she was the, mm. the face of the selfie yeah and they're also pioneers of like social media like they would use social media a lot initially like they were constantly posting on mm. on instagram and and all had Twitter and, and things like they that. They were first on it. And now that is, like, itself a huge platform for marketing. Like, Kylie Cosmetics, for example, like, they don't pay for any other external marketing. It's just all on Instagram. Like, that was how the lip kits were first announced was just on social media. Mm. And they actually really, like, pioneered, like, that. 
that form of marketing. Form of marketing. Yeah, so I think it took a huge step up when Kylie eventually launched her lip kits in 2015. She was only 17, and I had this huge moment. You might remember the Kylie lip like challenge where mm. people were sticking their lips in jars mm. and like making huge lips. Then obviously that changed the Kylie Cosmetics. Then on the back of that, Kim launched KKW Beauty, which is now a billion dollar business. Kylie became the youngest self-made billionaire in 2019. Yeah. Then that it launched into everything else. Like you've listed here a billion businesses they've got. Yeah. So there's Kylie Cosmetics is uh, what, you know, many commentators think started like Kris Jenner's realization that instead of doing those licensing deals, the Kardashians could have their own individual businesses that they could own stakes in, that they could sell. And when it was so successful with Kylie, they decided to do it for literally every sibling. Mm -hmm. So like Chloe's, um, clothing or denim brand is good american courtney has poosh and she also just announced like lemmy which is like a supplements company also pause poosh i've always hated as a name i fucking hate the word poosh it's her nickname for her daughter i still hate it <laughs> um and kendall has a tequila company that's actually cool and it's like yeah that's like cool like hot girl shit but it's, it's also such hot girl shit. but it's also just like they're just like what is another way that we can like make money. What's a business venture? What's something that you like? Mm -hmm. Let's put your name on it. Let's have you do the marketing for mm -hmm. it. Let's get people to run the business for you. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of build each other up. Like they're always cross advertising. Yeah. Like everyone's drinking 212 and whatever it is. 818. <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. And>, um, <laughs> thinking of a zillion bags. No, like uh, there's, there's so much cross promotion. So it's really a built up empire. But let's go on to what are some of the dicey moments in their business careers especially for kim yeah well for kim i think let's talk about skims first yeah. because skims is like a shapewear brand that she launched a few years ago that has been valued now at over a billion dollars she originally was going to call it kimono um because i don't know shapewear <laughs> and it's got kim in it and she's obsessed with herself um kimono is obviously a japanese word <laughs> referring to japanese traditional oh, dress yeah. and literally like the mayor of tokyo wrote to her and asked her to okay. not name her company that and like that this was like you know a significant cultural thing and that she was appropriating it she you know obviously didn't realize felt really bad changed the name quickly but i just find it interesting that you know she had no idea <laughs> no i yeah i mean i guess she but i also really respect i don't i i don't have a lot of respect but I, I have some respect for how quickly she pivoted like she's really smart with marketing really good at dealing with crisis like she's they've been through so much that she really just like lets it wash over her and it's like this could be the thing that tears someone down for a very long time but she was like we're pivoting we're fixing all the the mm. outfits and we're just moving on and that's the thing with the entire kardashian business empire is like you can say what you want you can say she's only famous because of her sex tape or they're trashy but like people have sex tapes all the time and they don't become famous like mm. for, for a long time like the fact that they were able to transition from kind of perceivably like trashy reality tv stars to now having like billion dollar businesses to Kim being the face of like a very high fashion house like mm -hmm. Balenciaga I think that like being taken seriously even within that like celebrity ecosystem is really like interesting how they were able to like go from trash just like trash and like doing club openings like being at the Met Gala I think that that transition is super interesting and I think it's all from like being like business minded about it yeah and having the really thick skin and being so hungry and always being able to leverage everything that is ever said about you positive or negative yeah i mean that's a, str a strength of them the other recent one was when kim kardashian <laughs> recently said that like there's so much laziness in the industry and like if you want to get in business you have to get off your ass and work and like I think that rubbed people the wrong way because it effectively suggested that the issue is that people aren't hardworking, which completely ignored the issues around class and wealth and structural inequality, which, you know, it did. Yeah, <laughs> which it did. And I think she eventually re responded to that and she was like, yeah, it was kind of tone deaf. The other big moments that, you know, she's been accused of, which are less related to business, but, you know, plague her constantly are her toxic body comments. Like, I don't have any mm -hmm. other better way of rephrasing, rephrasing that so back in like 2010 she was endorsing diet supplements and only recently with the met gala she made some comments about how she was like 
dieting to fit in. Yeah, in her profile in like the New York Times recently when skin came out, she said she would like literally like probably eat shit if it would make you look younger. And she said that like she knows she cares a lot more about her appearance than the average person, but like that's just who she is. And I was like, I don't know if that's great. I don't know if that's great. I appreciate the honesty, <laughs> but I do not I like think it. that's a that's a thing. It's like being honest about something doesn't like it's, it's not the same thing yeah. as, like, excusing it. Like, yeah. just you can't just be like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, I also don't think Kim's a piece of shit. I actually, like, kind of respect her um, and, like, love I mean, everything. And I consume everything that she puts out into the world. I'm in two heads about it, and I think it's very much, like, a lot of people who are left-wing will, will have two minds about it, which is, like, on one hand, I don't respect her because I, I don't like what she represents in society. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I really respect her because she's done so much with so little. Mm. Um, the next are the kind of obvious blackface accusations she's had. So she's done things like wear oh, cornrows, cornrows, box braids. Um, yeah, I think that was a weird time in the culture <laughs> when that was allowed. Um, yeah, I guess it's like interesting because, you know, she like has mixed children and I think has become more aware of it over the years. I think she's also been accused of skin darkening through tanning. No, I think it was just in some photos. Oh. They were like they were like quite, quite like dark. Anyways, that's also something that's plagued her. I feel like we should. I normally normally we would treat these with more like you know analysis. We would but dissect, I, but it's like we haven't got a lot of time. But there's so much. She's had so many things, and there's also been feuds that she's had with you know famous people. I think most famously are probably Taylor Swift and Drake. Mm. yeah i also want to know what happened with beyonce and jay-z like i feel like they probably just got sick of kanye's shit but i I want to know i also want to know so that's kind of the big things that plague her obviously we could talk about the rest of the family like huge things like candle with the pepsi and like (laughs) various other things yeah we we can't do a whole kardashians analysis because this will go for 10 hours but i think the out the, the conclusion i think we're drawing is that it is insane how much they've overcome. Mm. Like even with their controversies that they, they still stick around and still respect it is pretty insane. But to go on to what other celebrities are doing in investment. Yeah. So I think just tying it back to Kim's venture into private equity, I think there's a lot of kind of press around it that makes it seem like she's like a trailblazer in the space. Mm. Um, but there's actually a lot of history of celebrities, you know, investing and also starting their own financial businesses so it's really common for celebrities to just like invest in a business or um be the and then become the face of it so like ryan reynolds invested in i think this whiskey company and now he's the face of it um ashton kutcher used Mm. to do this thing where he would invest in businesses and then like use his public platform to make the business more profitable Mm. and then you get a return on your investment it's like actually very straightforward easy model um for them to pick up on um beyonce apparently was paid in uber shares of six million dollars rather than being paid six million dollars to perform at an uber event before Mm. it publicly listed so that like when it went public like she had a she had like a huge shareholding in it um so beyonce leading the way ryan reynolds didn't he like become like a shareholder or like create a corporation around marketing and they did that whole thing about remember when that guy in sex and city died mr big or something yeah and he died was it in, on Peloton or something? Yeah. And then he, like, in a very short amount of time, like, released an ad about how mm-hmm. Mr. Big is actually alive mm-hmm. and Peloton saves lives. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, he's, like, whole marketing, like, Oh, maybe, play. yeah. Anyway, so maybe. That's, that's completely relevant. <laughs> Continue. Um, but it is a bit next level to, like, found your own business. Yeah. So um, the biggest examples are Serena Williams has a venture capital company called Serena Ventures um, and Snoop Dogg also has its own private equity firm and they specialize <laughs> in legal marijuana products. I was that that's <laughs> badass. That is cool. I, I take that so off. So I don't really, you know, I don't know what people talk about when they talk about like their personal brand but I think Snoop Dogg does. I he think does. he has a very clean cult not clean but a very cultivated focused mm. personal brand and you know, i respect it you know what's so weird there's something in me that says like when serena williams does like a venture capital thing and wants to make a lot of money i'm like go you know do your thing serena when kim kardashian does it i'm like corporate green <laughs> work is a yeah really let's think let's think about I that know, i don't know why. so kim cultivating her identity as a businesswoman entrepreneur law student do you think at this point it's just about like having more money having more fame recognition or do you think which i do that there's a strong part of her that like 
really yearns to be taken seriously. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's obviously the driving motivation of everything she does. Um, I mean, she's so insecure about not being able to be a lawyer. And I don't think it was because she actually cared about the law or like learning the law or practicing law. It's because she wanted to prove to everyone that she was smart. Yeah. And I actually really liked her law journey because I felt like it was very much a, a, a challenge that was very personal to her. Mm. The whole venture capital stuff, I feel like, or whatever it is, private equity, is just a money grab and I hate it. But can I just say, I would love if I was like, oh, I really like that business. I really like what they do. I will buy it. <laughs> it's like, I like something. I want to buy it. I can't afford it. Imagine liking a whole business. I hate it. It literally makes me sad. Um, no, I think she'll be incredibly successful in the private equity business because of like the amount of clout she has in the industry. Like she can, she, the amount of visibility she can give well, to exactly. She can like leverage, you know, her platform to like bring these companies more attention and then make, like more profit yeah. very very easily she'll make so much money so much money out of this but again it comes back to me i feeling like it this is so blatantly about money whereas like when you talk about skims or you talk about makeup makeup it's like maybe you're just passionate about like the art form and the creativity aspect like for me this is just like straight cold-hearted business <laughs> number sense cold hard cash and i don't like it kim makes me very sad but i guess it exposes everything that i like look away blindly to which is like she is in it for capitalist gain and wealth and that's very we all personal. um anyways i think that's my final thoughts any final thoughts from you uh no i agree um if you want i'll, I'll name all the kids right now but... no <laughs> i believe you i've seen you do it Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully there are some people listening given <laughs> the amount of time we didn't record. Break. Um, but you should be so grateful that in all of our new jobs and, and lives and studies, we remain dedicated to the pod. Yes, yeah, so we'll be seeing our next episode next week and we'll be watching the Kardashians season two, episode one this week and giving up thoughts. So yeah, follow us on social media, Unsolicited Podcast, subscribe, stay tuned, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Gadigal of the Eora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded, and we pay our respect to elders past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I want you to prove it. Go. <laughs> Give it to me. Every single one. Okay. Kim's kids. Mm-hmm. North Saint Chicago Psalm. Mm-hmm. Courtney has Mason, Penelope, and Rain. Rob has Dream. Chloe has True and Pending Other Baby. Kylie has Stormy and Wolf or the, the child formerly known as Wolf. <laughs> Who has the best child name? Um, North. North is kind of cool, isn't it? North. Northwest is cool. I think True Thompson is actually like quite an alright name. Mm. Like that's like acceptable in society. Sounds like Prue. Exactly. <laughs> so I like it. <laughs>